when we put ourselves first and when we take responsibility for our own happiness, we are directly affecting the lives of others. So that there's really a true opportunity for a ripple effect here. Welcome to the National Podcast of Texas. A quick programming note. Hopefully short term, we've changed the show's production schedule. Episodes will be shorter with no set release day, and because of circumstances, interviews will be conducted by phone. We'll do our best to make up for the quality of the audio with the quality of the guests. I'm Andy Langer. Our guest this week is Adrienne Mishler. Her YouTube channel, Yoga with Adrian, has 7.2 million subscribers, and Paper Magazine recently called her the patron saint of quarantine. She's incredibly low-key, though, for someone so often referred to as a YouTube star, influencer, or wellness guru. And that's maybe why it works for her. She's been offering free yoga on YouTube since 2012 and has organically built a serious community around her free-to-watch, judgment-free classes. But with a pandemic shuttering yoga studios and folks seeking out self-improvement and physical activity in quarantine, she's, as they say, having a moment. Mishler, who was born and raised and still lives in Austin, started teaching on YouTube to support her acting career, but also because she felt yoga had gotten expensive, corporate, and increasingly inaccessible. Her most popular video is Yoga for Complete Beginners. She regularly hosts 30-day challenges, and then there's the videos for specific needs, like Yoga for Vulnerability, Yoga for Back Pain, and Yoga for Focus and Productivity. On our show, recorded Thursday by phone, we spoke about the quarantine bump her channels received, why people are gravitating towards yoga right now, and what it can do for someone in uncertain, unprecedented times. We also discussed her own quarantine, silver linings that might emerge from the pandemic, but also her deep-seated fear that the pandemic changes her, not necessarily for the better. This is Adrian Mishler. Welcome. I've seen you advise on a couple of occasions, be gentle, go easy on yourself with regards to quarantine. What's that mean in practice? Yeah, well, I think I find myself saying that a lot right now. And I maybe tend to lean that way year round because it's an easy kind of digestible, forgiving, loving way for us to kind of connect that our mental and physical health (laughs) wellness is connected. So people are are usually wanting to speak to me about yoga practice. And and so my advice, instead of kind of giving specific, you know, uh, suggestions on, on what to do on the yoga mat is usually instead to simply just be kind, be kind to yourself and instead of prioritizing a specific something, whatever whatever you think you need, uh, prioritize a listening instead and, and be kind. You have years of experience with people who are anxious, people who face some kind of uncertainty in their life. I, I see so many comments on your Instagram from people who are not only doing yoga, but are maybe doing it because they have cancer. Uh, it seems like what the audience is going through is something that's similar to what they've always been going through and going to you for in some ways. It's true. And honestly, I, I, and I mean this, this is genuine. That is 
kind of an astute observation, or that's that's like definitely true, but not really what we're kind of thinking of right away. I've been doing a, a lot of interviews and having um, a lot of beautiful conversations. You know, given the circumstances of recent weeks, you know, I get it. At home yoga is having a moment, <clears throat> but I'm trying to make sure that the conversations that I'm having um, are useful. You know, the last thing I want is just like walk out of this, like going, well, we got a bunch of great press. <laughs> Obviously that's, that's not a, nothing that um, is really inspiring for me, but what is inspiring for me at this time is kind of taking this opportunity to have a meaningful conversation around what is useful and why. And so for me, being someone who's already been in this space, it's really just highlighted that we've always kind of needed or perhaps I've always seen this type of practice as valuable because there have always been people in the world who do not feel comfortable showing up to a yoga studio. There have always been people who get sideswiped by an illness or by grief for the sudden loss of something, a sudden change um, that was outside of their control. And let's be honest, there have always been people who feel isolated um, within their own experience of depression or anxiety. So for me, I've been trying to find a really graceful way of of saying this, and I love that you come right out with the question kind of pointing to it, because that's it for me. This is <clears throat> something that we've been doing for a while now, and again, I say that with grace, but really what, what I'm doing, my work is kind of the same. It, the thing that has changed in light of recent weeks and circumstances is that <laughs> now there are more people isolated. I get the idea of mind-body connection, but in a general sense, the tools of yoga would prepare someone for a disruption like this or help them cope with it midway by adopting yoga how? Well, I think ultimately, you know, particularly with like contemporary modern Western yoga, we're kind of thinking yoga as something we do to help ourselves feel better, yes, even if we don't understand the science of yoga, many people believe in it, you know, even if they don't understand it, and that's great. I always say, actually, you don't have to understand the science of brain and body yoga to reap its benefits. The hardest part is showing up. But I think what this is really highlighting for me is the the type of yoga that that I really believe has the most valuable is about your relationship to yourself and your understanding of kind of the power behind knowing your body and your brain and how they connect. And yeah, the heart too, you know, your emotional health is certainly a part of that. So for me right now, without the opportunity of having to show up in kind of what we think we know about yoga, yoga studio, yoga at the gym, even yoga with the master teacher or the guru, we're really kind of getting to, in my opinion, the heart of yoga, like the philosophy of yoga, which is about your relationship to yourself and, you know, practically speaking, how you apply what you learn about paying attention to your habits and, you know, kind of where your thoughts go and, you know, 
being kind and gentle on the days where you don't feel like getting out of bed. Um, all this to say, I really think that this is an incredible opportunity for us to forget what we think we know about yoga and discover or rediscover what it could do for you if you were to have a regular home practice. Do you anticipate the way you teach changes any because A, you know a lot of that audience is now new, and B, everyone's going through the same thing, a different thing than people were going through when you recorded 30 videos in January? The interesting thing is, each year, I, I create a 30-day yoga journey, and it goes out at the, at the top of the year, yes, January 1st, and it somehow has created this, uh, like, it becomes this thematic thing for our global community. Like, it's, it's not something that we spoke to or agreed on, but over the years, whatever the theme is in January has always kind of been the umbrella um, for the rest of the year. And this year, 2020, the 30-day yoga journey was called home. And for me, when I designed it, I, you know, really kind of started hunkering down on writing the content in August of last year, 2019. Even drove out to West Texas to spend a weekend alone and, you know, begin, which is, of course, the hardest part. <laughs> and um, it's it's a it's funny. I won't say ironic. It's funny to me because. The whole reason I tossed out my first idea and went back to this idea of home was I felt like we were at this place where things had grown quite a bit. And I wanted to kind of, in essence, get back to basics or like kind of get back to the root of what makes this special to kind of welcome all the new community members and just kind of the new wave of people back in. And also, you know, I'm human and I'm honored that I get to guide the practice, but I have a lot to learn and I've learned a lot. You know, I've changed a lot since we started this project in 2012. So I kind of thought it would be a really great time to also just take it back, take it on home. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's interesting to me that that that's kind of what spawned this 30 day yoga journey for 2020 and that we called it home. And now here we are, you know, in response your question, it's like um, I'm actually like get goosebumps or I, I'm very tickled and kind of weirded out as well that this is all happening and that this year's offering, you know, our umbrella or our bowl, however you want to think of it, our pot is called home. And it's all about us basically saying like, I'm going to take care of myself as an individual and I'm going to show up for that self-inquiry, but I also got you like we're in this together. And, you know, it sounds kind of cheesy, but but that's ultimately the the theme. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, here we are, all in our homes, working sometimes desperately for a sense of, you know, balance and equilibrium while also saying, I love you, neighbor, you know, or I love you, neighbor, in Sydney, Australia right now, or, you know, it's very interesting. In a piece you were name-checked in in the New York Times, there were a couple of reporters discussing quarantine, and one said, there's a real move for everyone to look out for each other's health and wellness right now that I hope can survive this. I imagine that's your long-term hope for a silver lining? Absolutely. I think I have a few long-term hopes 
bubbling up just as a as a citizen as a human but especially through the lens of yoga with adrian and this idea uh you know can we unplug to plug in can this actually be something of great value for our long-term mental, physical, emotional health, not just as people, but as communities and now as a society, it's always been kind of like a beautiful silver lining hope that through this weird, you know, for me, YouTube channel of all things, Mm -hmm. which I still, you know, feel like is a weird thing to say. I never thought, you know, just would never in a million years think that I would become a YouTuber. (laughs) Um, I think one of my biggest hopes is that through this and through kind of the unexpected, I guess we'll say, that we can start to find more things that unite us despite our differences and also that we can simply learn to take better care of ourselves and and really realize and understand and feel, not just like philosophically know or guess, but really feel that when we put ourselves first and when we when we take responsibility for our own happiness, we are directly affecting the lives of others, starting with our loved ones, of course, but then our neighbors, our coworkers, and yeah, our community, so that there's really a true opportunity for a ripple effect here. On a personal level, meaning person to person, stillness or mindfulness, those are not necessarily easy things to come to, even with guidance. They got to be a lot harder to achieve in the middle of a pandemic. I think so. I think they are. And I think you might assume that they would not be because we have all this extra time and there's all this like, sometimes like a, a tiny burst of joy of opportunity, like, oh my gosh, today I could pick up that literary magazine that came a month ago that I've been dying to read, you know, the interview in, or maybe I I really will start writing this project today or uh, work in the garden or, but I think at this point, you know, that experience is real, but what it's also real is I'm sure, and of course I can only speak for myself, but I'm pretty sure that by now, It's not that those moments of joyous opportunity are gone, but for me, they're definitely more fleeting. I have had so many experiences, which is the only place I can really speak from and and teach from. And when I, you know, I'm not really one to, I don't know if people should be asking me for advice, but when I speak to aspiring yoga teachers, you know, I, I often try to really highlight, you have to speak from your experience and, and prioritize that as what's true for you. So for me, it's very true that I'm noticing it is, yeah, very difficult to sit with myself. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm in this position. A lot of people look to me for guidance and really friendship in the realm of mindfulness and self-care and, and Yet here I am at home really struggling. I'm pretty good at, at self-care, to be honest. Like mm-hmm. I, I got it down, kind of had to figure out that discipline to maintain a somewhat <clears throat> balanced lifestyle. But it, I'm really not good at slowing down. And I have almost become disciplined about even my mindfulness to where now that I've been asked to just really be at home 
alone and sit with myself and slow down, I realize it's extremely difficult. And again, I can only speak for myself, but I'm guessing that that there are many people out there having a similar experience, even if they are, you know, sheltering in place with people, this relationship to yourself changes when you're asked to stay and be still. That's a good thing though, that the guru relates on the level of also struggling, right? I think so. And I think that in particular in our times, of course, you know, I hate to state the obvious, but in times of social media and that, of course, being like turned on high volume. It's Benji's dog. Excuse me for one second. <laughs> Thank you. But I think especially right now when our um, <laughs> moth to flame, like with social media is a little bit amped up, it's important to... And this is that, this is going to be a buzzword, but it's important to prioritize being authentic and, and telling a real story or telling a story at all. It surprises me how many people, you know, seem to have a genuine interest in serving others, but um, there's no story involved. There's no sharing. There's no letting people look at you. I think it, it takes a lot of courage to just let people look at you. You know, this is really something I learned in my acting days, right? The best actors are the ones that are not showing you a fabrication of something. They're embodying a story. They're, they're being brave and courageous and, and letting you, the audience, simply look at all of them, their toes, their fingernails, you know, kind of this experience of being in the moment and, and being a part of like a live, actual, real experience versus, um, yeah, something that is fabricated. Speaking of buzzwords, you built a community pre-COVID. Now community, it's happening online for everyone. That's where community is, is happening online by default. How do you keep yours feeling organic when... Now that's where community really is by default. I'm not sure that I'm at a point right now where I feel like I'm worried or concerned or even need to make a shift in my relationship to how we cultivate and maintain our community. I think I'm really excited right now to see so many people engaging and sharing in hopefully what feels like a meaningful way for them. Um, so to be honest, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure if, if we're really in a position where I want to do anything but continue, continue to grow. Can, you know, I, I, I do feel like there's this beautiful thing going on. I've experienced it in a couple of different areas, of, you know, of interest of mine where, like, there are people that I've been working alongside, say, fellow yoga teachers or uh, playwrights or, you know, just people out there on the Internet that I've been working side-by-side side with for almost over a decade, and we've never, like, actually met or talked or exchanged. And now we are. So there's something, there is something there um, where I feel like, you know, 
the communities are joining together <laughs> or reaching out across to communicate instead of being potentially in competition. I guess I feel a little more camaraderie over competition, which obviously feels wonderful, and I hope that that continues. We have a pretty deep community. I think a lot of people aren't aware, but we even have kind of what I lovingly, kind of jokingly call the underground community, Mm -hmm. which is a website that we created for community when we wanted to get the community off Facebook because it was becoming so rich and so big. And I just didn't feel like I could take responsibility for this thing called Yoga with Adrian Kula, which is a Sanskrit word for community. So now we have a whole site. It's called FWFG, which is Find What Feels Good Kula. And it's, yeah, it's like this underground community. It's free. Everyone can join easily, no no credit card required, and we have an amazing community director. And um, I'm not selling anything here. I'm, I'm genuinely proud of it, and it's starting to become like my pride and joy in these recent weeks where I realize, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And the work that my friend Sarah, my coworker, team member, is doing there is nothing short of incredible because we are really trying to do the impossible and create a space where everyone can feel welcome, but also everyone can be curious and enjoy. But the catch to that, Andy, is you can't just say like yoga for all, everyone's welcome and not curated as such. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a lot of work and thought and, and creativity to do that. And, and I'm pretty proud of this underground community. It's, it's a place where you can go and even kind of curate what you're seeing and, and, the, and, and what your conversations are engaging in based on your interests. So there's a gardening club, there's a book club, there's a, a club for a room for parents, there's a room for people without kids, there's a writer's group, there is um, a room in there for uh, veterans and active military folks only. And so it's interesting. I've always been proud of it, but right now, that's like a diamond in the rough. You co-own your own physical pay-what-you-can yoga studio as well, right? Yes. So through Yoga with Adrian, I have an incredible business partner. We are the two that started the YouTube channel, and from that was born a pay-what-feels-good kind of download option. So that's where it started. And then we created a membership that's, like an online studio. And then shortly after that, I kind of spun off to in the spirit of camaraderie over competition and just kind of looking at how we could band together as, I'm not going to say wellness professionals, but I'll just say as local pals in Austin to um, continue to make yoga accessible and affordable. And, you know, the city's growing, everything's growing. Instead of competing, um, my friend Ray Gardenia at Practice Yoga Austin, and I had a conversation about, you know, is there a way we can work together here? So a couple years ago, I became co-owner of Practice Yoga Austin, and we are still offering donation-based yoga there, which is really in line with the mission of Yoga with Adrian and Final Feels Good. I think it's important that everyone have access. 
How has the pandemic affected that? I imagine it's got to be tough running essentially a nonprofit yoga studio in the midst of all this. Yes, the studio is on East 6th. <laughs> we are essentially still mom and pop donation-based yoga studio. And um, the unique thing about practice yoga is we split the earnings with our teachers so they get uh, good, <laughs> so they get paid. And um, right down the middle, most teachers are, are receiving a 50-50 split, which is kind of unheard of. And right away, we knew we wanted to do our best to get ahead. And so we were having conversations with the landlord. We also rent a space kind of in the Bolden Creek area, a church off Johanna Street where we do teacher trainings. And I shoot there a lot as well for finding what feels good, membership. And, um, yeah, early on, I think, you know, we were aware of what was coming potentially. And I just feel really blessed to be able to work with two really smart, savvy people. I think the three of us, we have, there are three um, co-owners, I think, that we make a good little holy trifecta. So we were able to move quickly and, you know, also communicate with our community. So we, we kind of, I think they were ready. Now we have all the classes on Zoom, Facebook, YouTube, and... Yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see what will happen in the next couple of weeks, to be honest. On a personal level, and we talked a little about your struggles at home, what do you fear the most out of this? Hmm. Yeah, I think for me personally, well, I'm just going to go there. I'm just going to tell the truth. Go deep. <clears throat> go hard. I think that the thing that I'm most fearful of right now is kind of this, fear of the unknown, but not just like the future. Like I have faith. I have a lot of faith that, you know, everything that will trail this in terms of my business. And, you know, I, I have a, I have a feeling that everything will happen for a reason and, and we'll be able to make, make it beautiful. That's, that's kind of one of my mantras anyway. Like, okay, let's just make it beautiful. Sharp left turn, make it beautiful, you know, get get stuck in the mud, make it beautiful. Um, but I think on kind of a, a deep level, I feel like I am, I think we're all going to come out of this having discovered that we are changed as people. And I think for me, especially with this pandemic, which is interesting, you know, I'm isolated, but um you know, the traffic on, on my work is, is really high. And um, I think I fear that when this ends, I'm, I might be a different person. And not that that's a bad thing, but, you know, I may not be the same person that everyone expects me to be. And I may not, I may not want to do the same things that I wanted to do before. I can tell you I want to still contribute in a meaningful way to society, but um, I guess I have a fear of, of being a little locked in in my service or in my art, and I want to make sure that I get to grow and go wherever the wind takes me. And at the times when you're most hopeful, you're most hopeful for what? A, a real feeling and understanding of 
unity. And it sounds so like, oh, good, the classic, the yogi <laughs> line. Um, but man, that, you know, if there's one thing I believe in, it's love and, and hope. And I get a great, you know, reverberation. I get great feedback from our community year round. I've, I've been privileged front row seat to some real beauty, some real humanity, you know, even on YouTube, take the comments on YouTube. It's insane for a channel of its size for there to be such a positive exchange and honest and loving, funny, right? I love, you know, the humor, this, you know, ability to laugh as well, super important. Um, my my greatest hope is that we get to shine a little light in the dark places and and become more one. I'm going to leave you with this question. I was watching last night, and one of the things I noticed is all the silence. And the music equivalent would be a guitar player who could play a lot of notes but has the discipline not to. And I was surprised at how much of the video was silent. Is that something you're conscious of, that less is more? Is that part of your thing? It's definitely something that I'm conscious of, but I'm actually surprised and secretly kind of happy, <laughs> almost mischievously happy that you say this, because a lot of people would say, and I would hear that, that I talk too much. But the thing is, it's such a delicate balance, and it really is a specific form. It's a, it's a, it's a different thing than teaching live. Um, because you're not there in person, you can't really feel the energy of the room. You can't really tell when someone stops breathing. And so, and then also on a kind of practical note, you don't want them cranking their head in a posture all the time to watch you. You know, we're trying to empower the practitioner to enjoy <laughs> their process and, and make their practice their own. And ultimately, I'm, I'm trying to get them to the end, right? and at least get them to have a, a, a real enough experience to want to show up again. So I'm usually talking and sometimes joking badly, I admit, as well sometimes. But I'm usually trying to keep folks engaged engaged enough to where they stick with me because it's real easy to hit that space bar when there's no exchange of money. You know, there's no one walking around the room looking at you that, you know, you don't have an audience like you are the hero on your own journey when you're doing this sort of thing. So I'm really kind of happy because <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. Maybe I don't talk too much. Um, but when I am quiet, I'm trying to be disciplined enough to, yeah, allow, allow people to have their own experience. Now I'm not there to save anyone. I'm, I'm there to create an opportunity for, <laughs> For you to save yourself. No, I'm there to create an opportunity for us to have a, an experience, you know. And our mantra for the channel is find what feels good. And it's nothing like a global pandemic to kind of really make me question, you know, all of these things that I consider true for me. And I think find what feels good is still really great because it's not saying feel good all the time. <laughs> That's not realistic especially right now. 
it's saying, you know, how much are you willing to show up and look inside and, you know, a commitment to the, the process, the finding. And, and you know, what felt good yesterday isn't going to be what feels good today. And, you know, I'm, a lot of people say, you've changed from my early videos. I'm like, yeah, I really hope I've changed, you know, since 2012. <laughs> so we're not, you know, we're not the same people each and every day, you know, based on diet and uh, often allergies, <laughs> the weather, the news, conversation we had, maybe a bad dream. So I like this idea of showing up and and listening. And so I try my best, but definitely in a live setting as well. I I'd be sure to I, I'm I'm always sure to leave a little time and space for for people to make their own decisions based on how they feel. Perfect. Thank you. You'll find Yoga with Adrian at yogawithadrian.com or, of course, on YouTube. Meanwhile, a new special edition of Texas Monthly's Boomtown is now available wherever it is you turn for your podcasts. It's an update to our 10-part series on the Permian Basin's oil boom, only this one's focused on overproduction and the recent historic low prices for crude. You can also read about the crossroads of the pandemic and oil in the May issue of Texas Monthly. Recently, we also lifted the paywall at texasmonthly.com entirely. You can roam around texasmonthly.com and enjoy everything, including our deep archive, absolutely free until the end of the year. And we'd love it if you consider subscribing to our show, leaving a comment or rating us wherever you found us, and maybe even telling a friend. I'm Andy Langer working with producer Brian Standifer. Thanks for being here, and thanks in advance for coming back next week.